All right, guys, we are running. We got numbers. This is the Cleveland Moto Podcast. If it sounds a little weird, it's because we're doing it on the iPhone. Please, guys, be careful about the noise on the table because we are literally using the iPhone today to record uh, our podcast. And that has levels. Perfect. Everything. The uh, To my left tonight is? Pete Emsley. To his left? Johnny Mack. To his left? Steve Hopper. To his left? Chris Smith. And his left? Johnny Chrome. And you'll notice there's no Dustin Elliott tonight, so you're not going to have the sound of our uh, Zoom uh, recording device. That's why we're listening to it. Or the we're vaping. <laughs> or the vaping. That's right. Yes. No vaping. There will be no... <sighs> and or, that's the last we'll hear about. styling to Dustin. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so... We have the biggest event, probably one of the biggest events for us of the year is AMA Vintage Days. I know we all we all look forward to it for different reasons. Um, I do. I love it. I mean, I fucking dig yeah, Vintage yeah. Days. It's Disneyland for motorcycle guys. We yeah, we're just coming hot off the heels of Bandcamp, yeah. and Bandcamp is one of those ones. It's smaller. It's more. It's a scooter event, but I spent the whole weekend of Bandcamp off my fucking gourd. Chemically, spiritually, motorcycally, sexually, sexually, I was just a fucking, I loved it. I had so much fun at band camp, and the theme this year was Road Warrior, uh, you know, uh, beyond, beyond Yinzer Dome. So they built a dome, which Yons. we thought they were going to have like Where a car. Where did Yins come from? Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, Yins. 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 Yeah, Yins. What's Yins doing? It's y'all. It's y'all all together, right? I was thought it you. You. You and you once, you and yeah, Y I N Z. That's all you need to know. But they had built a dome. Uh, Alex Tazzy had brought out his. You'd never believe that was a Honda Elite 150 with a sidecar rig that is a couch, dragging an actual scale tanker. Tanker. You know, a tanker that people were up in top, in the top, like shooting fireworks out of, and flames, and fire, and more fire. And it was a big weekend for fire. The uh, yeah. A lot of fire, a lot of fireworks, and I took the Zero was sort of my ride. I had the BWF 200, the big wheel, for my friends from uh, Denver and my friends from Michigan. You know, so they'd have something to ride. The Jedi Knight Scooter Club, a lot of them flew in. They brought a Shriner car, one of those Shriner go-karts oh, that you remember from the parades when you were a kid. They have one of those, got knobbies on that, so they're rocking that around. Uh, Friday was a shit show as far as the rain goes. Um, the bus did get stuck again. We had to be pulled out this year by a tractor, which is smart. Did you make it out of your spot? My safe spot. Safe spot? It's literally safe spot. No. It didn't make it out of that no, spot? No, it did sank. It sank right there. Yeah, it sank. I, the bus has its own gravity. I mean, gross vehicle weight is 28,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, do the math. 14 tons, and what do you get? Deeper in the soil of East Liverpool, Ohio. What you should do is put a trailer on it yeah. and take my TO-30. <laughs> then you could pull it out, and then you have your own track. <laughs> the real answer was... What did it really take to get it out? What it took was uh, the virtual killing of a six-cylinder Tacoma with two scooters in the back and four-wheel drive. <laughs> oh, he clutched the like, automatic transmission, and we could smell him before we could see him. Mm-hmm. And we gave him plenty of lead. We got him on the hard part of the road. But realistically, that bus, the front wheels of the bus were dug in, and the mud looked like wheel chalks. So it was like perfect. It would have to, it would have to keep moving the earth with those giant tires. It would go up at least six to eight inches before. We tried the Russian trip where you take a two before and you put a two before between the dualies on the back. Yeah. And you run straps to the two before across the dualies. I thought this would work. Me too. 
And all we did was explode tie-down straps and break two-by-fours. You need chain. Well, good news is we had chain. And we put the chain out, and the Tacoma tried valiantly and failed. The Chevy uh, 1500 series with four-wheel drive tried valiantly and failed. Um, These things either had not enough traction or not enough motor. But realistically, we were dug in. So the expectations were off the charts. We called a neighbor... So John, one of the band fathers who runs the band camp, went down the street, the street, the whatever, went down to, like, the third property. A big tractor. And brought a fucking amazing John Deere 653 yes. or something. And it was all of it. It was four-wheel drive. And built for nothing but pulling. It was fresh, and it was just like, I hooked 100 feet of chain to that thing, to one of my cleats, to one of my, you know, tow hooks. And I said, he's funny because he goes, now, Doc, don't, don't try to help me. Just put it in neutral. Don't put it in reverse. Don't put it in, just leave it in neutral. Let me work on it first. Now, once you get to going, let it go until somebody's screaming at you to hit the brakes. Because last time I did this, the guy tried to help me and ran into the back and tore off one of my implements or whatever. I said, no, that's that, probably one of his arm, the arms. Yeah, one of the arms for his implements. Yeah. Yeah. I said, you don't have to worry about that happening with me. I like nothing better than the idea of nothing. putting this bus in neutral. In fact, I'll get out. <laughs> he said, no, that wasn't a great idea. But So you understand, when we realized it was stuck, last year when we got it stuck, two years ago when we got it stuck, you know, we fought... Valiantly, we spent three or four hours and burned up all kinds of manpower and two or three little tractors and just couldn't move the fucker an inch. And then the guy came out with a ridiculous truck and 300 feet of cable and pulled it out. So we knew the role now. We knew that it's better to work smarter, not harder. So the moment that it, not to do we were fully loaded, we didn't even try to move. So we were fully loaded, had all the bikes and gear in there, and we had, you know, me and my friends, and uh, we were just having a good old time. And then. They went to go say goodbye to people, and I went to put it in reverse, and I knew we were just dead fucked at that moment. Just like one or two turns. Just like, fuck it. We're done. Didn't even budge. Get out the camp chairs. So we brought the camp chairs out. We were conveniently located next to that pavilion. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. We cracked the beers. We lit up. We enjoyed our time. Then, after two or three hours, the guy showed up at the tractor. Made like We let people try using their trucks. I would go as far as get out of my chair, walk over and tie in with the cable, with the cables and with the chains, and just be like, sure. If you want to be a hero and say how your Chevy 1500 pulled a 25,000-pound bus out of the mud, then we'll make you a T-shirt with Sharpies. It'll be great. And, in fact, we'll start making it now. But I rescued the short bus. Exactly. <laughs> I saved the tart cart. The... Uh, but really, that was it. When he showed up at that tractor, though, I, the joking statement is the, he idled the bitch out. And he did. Like, that thing has got such tremendous traction and such tremendous gearing that he just never cracked a sweat. The, the vehicle never cracked a sweat. Look at the size of the tires. I know. They're so high. tires on it yep. instead of... It was brilliant. That my, it didn't my daughter, my daughter did the same thing. Yeah. She had a party at my house in Oberlin, and all her dumbass friends... I told them, don't Oh, they drive buses, too? No, they drove. <laughs> all their cars were stuck in the back. No, they ride them They ride short buses. They ride yeah. short buses. They should be on the short bus <laughs> for the way they drive. 
And I had to come over, and I heard them, like, for three hours, revving their tires and going down and into mud. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I took my straps over there, I got on my tractor, and I pulled them all out. Yep. The tractors, the tractors are, are awesome. awesome. That's what dads are for. Tractors are magical. Tractors are I hope favorite. you collected plastic bumper faces. You could move the earth with a tractor. Jeeps yeah. are magical, too. Very first Lollapalooza yeah. at um, Blossom. You know how the parking lot at Blossom Oh, Blossom's magical for getting stuck in. Yeah, so I went with a friend of mine who was driving a Jeep. Yeah. All these people can't get their Honda Civics out of the road. No, they can't. Because it rained like, like it's raining oh, at it's the night. Oh, right yeah. the, I don't know if you remember, people were sliding down the mud, the, uh, the hill. It just That's not a Lollapalooza. That's 7 out of 10. Well, that was, but this was the, the first one. Okay. Yeah, at Blossom. We're getting ready to leave. We yanked out the guy who was beside us because I think he gave us some beer or something. That's where and real big Nirvana played. People, yeah, exactly. <laughs> people started coming up to us like, "I'll give you twenty bucks to pull us out." Right. Oh, yeah. People were fighting and bidding with us to pull them out. Yes, we left with like six hundred bucks in our pocket. Of course, you held me. Yeah. We were happy. Everyone else was happy, and we would have made more money, but we were running out of gas. We're like, Sorry, <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> if you got five gallons of gas, I'll get you out. Yeah, exactly. It becomes Road Warrior at that Burn point. Gas we pulled people out for. Two or three hours, and it was twenty, fifty. They were just glad to pay. Sure, I'd be and thrilled we were, to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. it was that was great. We did. Uh, so yeah, Saturday was kind of a blur, but it was a lot of alcohol. We usually go to the lake, Austin Lake, which is gorgeous. You know, pontoon boats and power and good stuff. We were um, disinclined to do that because all I have to say is the adult substances were in full effect. And by by noon or so, by noon when it was like this would be a great idea for us to go to the lake time. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I need to get on my zero and keep riding. Because Saturday, it burned off. Saturday, the sun came out, and it was a gorgeous day. Not too hot. Like, yeah, perfect temperature. Well, and I, in the evening, a lot of people showed up, too. It was like, oh, yeah. Know, like the real party. It turned on. Night. It literally turned on. And I discovered that the zero, FX, with knobbies in the chain, is the best jet ski ever. They have not built a better rivercraft than that. And I've got it a couple of times to the point where my hands were underwater. Really? Oh, yeah. Full on. Like, he, he shot a little video of me playing I around. I didn't quite get the best of it. I, some of the best stuff happened before I went and grabbed my phone. I got yeah. some of the tail end of it. But yeah. I got scared one time. I totally fucked up. Because I was in that. And it it's was a like, creek. It was up over my waist. It was yeah. Like half up, you know, oh, yeah. It was deep. And it's powerful current. It's a very powerful current. If you're just standing on your own, you cannot fight the current. If it wasn't waterproof, it would have been a very powerful current. <laughs> <laughs> there would have been a different kind of current going through my testicles. About 110 volts. The, uh, but that whole system sealed. It, it's genius. And one time I lost it, I was going through the deepest part of the river. So I was absolutely going against the current. So I had all that water pushing against me, which is very strong. I was thinking of that after when I was watching the video. I'm like, yeah. no, no, no. Right. Go all the way upstream and, and then run down. Ride all the way down the and creek. I did, going downstream was super easy. I never had a problem. But fighting it upstream, the mass, just the size of me and the bike, and with that much volume of water, because it rained for two days. Yes, it was a fast moving creek. It was a creek. fast moving creek. Well, at some point, I got into the middle of it and decided I didn't like being in the middle anymore because the water was over my knees. And the water was over what would be the gas tank on the bike. So I was like, fuck this. Let's climb up the, let's scurry up the side of the, the creek. And I tried, and I gunned it, and all I did was dig myself into the silt on the bottom of the creek. So the bike just disappeared under it. Meanwhile, all this happened silently. There's no noise. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to tell well, the story and go like, rum, 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 rum. It would spin and you hear a little bit of a... Right. 
Yeah, we kick gravel every once in a while. But that's about it. Kick, uh, something underwater was screaming, I can't tell you. Yeah, if this had been like a, yeah. an old two-stroke or something, yeah. it would have just been like, it sounded like somebody was murdering somebody. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it made no yeah. noise. And even when it was completely underwater, that my hands were underwater and the bike was underwater, that I could tell by the feeling on my hands that the motor was still spinning, that the tire was still spinning. And once I got off the bike, I stood on a rock. The bike was on the floor of the creek, and I was standing on a rock. And I gunned it to get the thing to spin around. So I gunned it to get the thing to turn. And then once I gunned it, and then I threw my ass back on the seat, got some weight on it, and then it gripped and it shot me right out of the fucking water. But there was two times, maybe three times, where I'm not going to lie, I full-on fucking panicked because the water was over the speedometer. For such a small creek, it was amazingly deep. In the middle, it was super deep. They did a Well, they did a project there to make it deep because it had turned into a big sippy hole, like a big mud spot. Right. So they shored it up to make it into an actual so creek. Salmon or something? Or yeah, for fish. Ladder. Yeah, for something. Build a salmon ladder? Yeah. Yeah, well, it was really nice, and it was nice. The weather, the water temperature was perfect. It's like 65 degrees. And it was great because we got they got yelled at for having the bikes down by the creek on the grass, the grass and stuff they were trying to preserve. Well, meanwhile, my bike was on the other side of the creek. So I'd already gone where people had a hard time going. Like, getting into the creek was no small feat. But getting the bike into the creek was actually fucking easy because the zero can climb anything. I mean, it doesn't hesitate to go. So if you ever want to know, like, can a zero get wet? No, no, a zero can fucking go underwater, man. Like, you'll need a snorkel for your dumb ass. But the bike is okay. And it didn't miss one. It did not miss a beat. And that whole weekend I used... We washed it off, in fact. It was all muddy. It was super muddy Friday night. And that's why I used the creek, was to get all the mud and shit off of it. The creek did a good job. But you I only used... the chain 20... immediately upon exit. What's that? Did you lube the chain? I peed on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that was, like, that 47% battery for the whole weekend. So using an FX, you know, to both batteries installed, and literally, hey, dude, what's that all about? Can I take it for a spin? Sure, man, just don't crash it. And everybody was out having a good time. We all had a blast. We were pulling people around on the snowboards and crazy shit and having a good old time, but 48% of the battery. Now, here's the weird thing. There were three zeros at that rally. Mm-hmm. There was the my dirt bike. Yeah, I kept looking F- at the zero. I'm like, oh, there's Phil. No way. No, that. that was John Scott with the regular FX. Yeah. <laughs> so John Scott had the regular FX. I had the FX Plus with the full dirt package. And AD had a 2006 or 2010, one of the early fucking zeros. Uh, he had one of the early, early bikes, and he had that there. And he was rocking around on that thing. Hmm. And the one thing we can say about zeros is on a wet field, the trick of the day is those giant knobbies I had on mine. It relocates about 20 pounds of mud <laughs> from behind you to 40 feet behind you. Hmm. And I caught my buddy Dave Hart walking in from the shower. He's a little fucking, you know, schlitt-faced. And I think his wife made him go take a shower before he, she allowed him to get in the camper with him or with her. <laughs> and so he comes back, and he's got a towel around his waist, and he's all pink and clean and all beautiful and shit coming straight, straight from the showers. And I, I checked him. I, I, looked at my, I looked at my friend A.D., and I'm like, oh, man, should I, should I fucking, should I? And A.D.'s like, well, now that we've talked about it, it seems like you'd be foolish not to. And I was like, yeah, okay, let him come in a couple more feet. Okay, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. And it just picks up. 
the planet and throws it at you. It's like 25 miles an hour. Dave was covered from the fucking instep of his feet to the back of his head in just mud. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he's expecting his wife to look at him and go, well done, honey. You took a shower and you're clean now. And he just looks way worse than he did before he went to the shower. Except for that white spot in the center. Turn around, turn around and go back to the fucking showers. But I, I managed to nuke a lot of people with that zero. And it's silent, so you never hear it. It's not like somebody with a two-stroke sitting out there. And then at 4 or 5 in the morning, when the campsite gets all dark and, you know, and things finally settle down, then you take the zero out. And, oh, it's way more fun. You just... It's like, you're the, the king creep, man. They don't come any creepier than a dude on a zero at five in the morning. Yeah. Where they go. Yeah. work every day at four in the morning. Oh, yeah, exactly. So that was cool. And what the hell, you know what? I was going to work the other day. Yeah. I'm a zero. And Westlake cops are driving around on bikes at four in And motorbikes or bicycles? Bicycles. Just being cops on bikes at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but you wouldn't on a weekday. Yeah, on a weekday. I think they're out there smoking the ganjas. Well, yeah. I mean, why would they? I don't know what they're up to. I mean, bicycle cops are always silly but kind they of people anyway. The, they came. I had to slam on my brakes because they came across uh, Dover Center dressed yeah. totally in black, and they came right in front of me. I slammed on the brakes. These bicycle officers were operating at night while not wearing white? Right, and no lights. If you ride at night, wear white. Yeah, no lights. They were wearing black. And the only reason, when they made the turn, I saw... So they were just being like super sneaky cop, like... Yeah. I don't know what they were doing. And then I think the I know what they day, were doing. Looking for the Westlake punks. Or I mean, looking at the windows. A couple days after, <laughs> house burned down on Clay. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, they were just setting the charges. Yeah. <laughs> being extra oh. sneaky. That's, I mean, that's cool. The, uh, Chris, you'd asked a question about moving motorcycles around a garage. Yeah. And then you also made a mention of something I can't pronounce. Sir Stroman. Okay. Snooshel person there? God bless you. Now, I've talked to Chris a little bit about this. So what is this about? What is this? Well, so it's it's a can of fish that is aged in the can with salt, first of all. And it ages so hard that sometimes the, the can becomes... Bloated. Yeah, convex. That's the botulism. Uh, well, <laughs> so, like botulism. So if, if you ever watch a YouTube video, yeah. people opening this thing, it's supposed to be pungent tremendously. And so even the salt curing can't kill the, the so, smell of death. So I think what would be fun, and that I... Doesn't and sound I, fun to me? I would, I mean, I'd, I'd throw out 50 bucks. Yeah. Somebody wants to open the can and eat a piece of fish. No. Without, no, 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 no. Just down at the... AMA. No, I have uh, a better solution uh, for that, and that is... Without without throwing up. No. We can mm-hmm. open the cans. Because it's going to make the rest of us throw up. And then we can put an M80 in the can. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> for for and, the neighborhood. And, and, let, and let everybody enjoy it. Right. <laughs> let everybody enjoy it. As we found out, as we found out last year, I am way too accurate with a water balloon for my own good, and I should not be allowed to handle water balloons ever again. Uh, and that I am not a responsible party to handle fireworks at wee hours of the morning. So we're dropping you down to Sir Stroman. I, I don't think Stroman. that's a good idea. I really, I mean, so far you had me at Bad Fish. You had me uh, out of the game at Bad Fish. Yeah, no. yeah. Does the fish get like gelatinous? Is that the, is no, it's not, it's not that. Because it, it's like the, um, um, I, I know you're talking about. Lutefisk. Lutefisk. We're just talking rotten anchovies. Yeah, but you know what's worse than that? 
when yeah. the hens lay eggs, and they sit on them for a while, for when they fertilize eggs. Sure. And then the hens sit on them, but then like maybe 16 days into it, they walk away, and you don't know they walk away. Oh. And then so about 60 or 90 days later, you have these egg bombs. Yeah, sulfur bombs. And they're those. Whatever they are, those chickens rot inside the egg. Well, yeah. And the things are under so, such high pressure. If you touch them, they explode in your face. Oh, no. You could smell that for, I swear you smell The hazards of being dollars. a dairy farmer. Uh, it's, it's the most disgusting smell I've ever. Oh, that does not sound good at all. But it's cool and they explode. That's you. It's not on you. Yeah, but the yeah. smell is horrendous. Because if Steve plan. Hofford is telling you that the smell is horrendous, <laughs> considering. Considering. Well, right. he's saying that it's horrendous and cool all in the same sentence. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's horrendously cool. It's horrendous. Uh, it's awfully. You out truffles? It's awfully fantastic. He probably can't smell anything. I he, smell everything. You can, really, and you can I identify. You can be like, okay, peanuts, fish. Corn. Ooh, I was disqualified when I worked for when I worked for the composting facility. Yeah, they disqualified me from doing the odor testing because I could smell down to un, to a billionth of a part per million. I mean, a billionth, a part per billion. A part per billion. Well, I could smell the compost down to a part per billion. So they disqualified me because. I could smell better than anybody in the plant, and so they didn't want me to throw up. Lord Steve, your part how dog. That's ridiculous. That's amazing, but I mean, goodness gracious. It's genetics. Clearly, because I can't smell. I mean, literally. Show them. Yeah, now look where you are. Yeah, you I'm blind to my own that. bouquet. <laughs> that's a that's. So, and you also want to talk about moving motorcycles around your garage, and we I did look around at that a little bit because oh motorcycle storage, having more than a couple of bikes in your garage, um, one you better have smooth as fuck concrete floors, like. You do. I do. A lot of people don't. Um, I do. I do. He does. I'm a dickhead. You know that little crack at the middle of the concrete port? I filled that in. That's how smooth they are. The uh, uh, old weights on the side stands to keep the bikes more upright. Oh, old weights under the side stands. Yeah. Keep them vertical. So they, they only fall the other way now. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're still slightly. <laughs> they're still slightly. Right. They're, just a light, just a light amount right. of weight. You're packing maybe one more. Bike. Oh, sure. I mean, getting the bikes vertical is important. Um, there's a number of different products that, you, that they make that are that's nothing that's more. For. Right. That are nothing yeah, more than understand, so. a rail, like a, a, a channel. So they make a, a channel that has casters on both ends. And then, like, a letter T coming off the side with an other caster on it for your side stand. A trolley for your bike. It's a trolley for your bike. It's a garage trolley for your bike. And you basically just roll the thing on there and then throw your side stand out, and then you get three points of contact, three rollers underneath it, and you can move that thing all over the place with the safety of the bike being on a side stand, which is fairly fucking safe. <coughs> the Where it gets hinky is... Anything that's, like, centrally loaded, the, the garage stands or the ATV stands are all bad news. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a couple of those. They lift from the middle of the bike, and you have so much mass up high and very little mass on that, you know, 10-inch by 10-inch platform. And they have casters under that. That's fucking sketchy as shit. Yeah. That's right. waiting to fall. Just real quick on the system. Yeah. Fermented and fish should never go in the same system. I agree. And it's herring, which is an oily fish to begin with. Right. Yeah, I think it's a really bad idea. I think it's I think it's just going to be like your worst ever stadium shit. But it's very healthy. It, no. It's a lot of amino acids. And N- no. 
No, no. Anything that's making well, a can explode, no, no. very bad. <laughs> Can't be good for you. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's just one of those things that human beings do to challenge their system, to be like, you know, I eat the hottest pepper on the planet. I watch James do that shit all the time. Never once have I seen him after I eating one of those peppers. He was out for two days sick because he, cause he ate the hottest pepper on the planet. That ridiculous pepper that came in, the, like, the one right. packet. And you paid 15 bucks for and you, it. You shoot a video of you eating it. And, like, it, he was disabled for two days after eating that pepper. Disabled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a guy I worked with, Billy. He said half of his asshole fell out. Billy, <laughs> he'll eat anything for the right amount of money. Right. He ate shampoo. Uh, no, he, he drank. What's that? He drank two quarts of grease. We were working on Super Bowl Sunday. We cooked like chicken wings and all that shit in yeah. the grease. He drank the used cooking oil. Yeah. For like a hundred. Our friend Lucky, Lucky the Painproof Man, look him up. Lucky, he's available for parties. Lucky the Painproof Man, he'll let you use a staple gun and staple dollars to his body. Um, he'll let you bust can I staple blocks. 20s? You can. He'll really let you staple 20s. He'll let you go to the pink parts for 20s. Okay, so I'm going to eat a can of rotten fish or a filet. Right, I mean, right, right, right. If I'm going to put something in my mouth, it better be delicious. Every um, meal could be your last. So you sour herring. I mean, that's fermented Baltic Sea herring. Um, so, I mean, it's just... You do it, Chris. It's just a fucking shit show. That's all it is. Yeah. But Lucky, Lucky, I had sardines last week. Thank you. Lucky's whole game is he does these horrible sideshow things. But to me, the only one that ever made me turn my stomach, he eats glass, eats light bulbs, all that shit. But what bothers me is when he drinks a quart of motor oil. Uh, and when I watch him drink a quart of motor oil, I don't think he's on that budget. Um, I think he's more of the wolf's head kind of guy. You can't survive, right? That's what I was thinking. He man. drinks a quart of oil at every show, and if you YouTube it right now, I'm sure you can see Lucky the Painproof Man drinking a quart of motor oil. I've seen him do it twice at the Kevin Kevin Moore's Road Rash, uh, Bash. Road Rash Bash. What does that do he's to been you? He's been hired entertainment. Well, what it does to you makes his own. is probably keeps the trains on time. That's, at the minimum. For weeks? Yeah, at the minimum. Yeah, but they added a package with well, here's, problems. Well, here's what I heard. Straight 30. I've watched. And when I, sure, yeah, so when I watched... That's dollar store shit that's only good for 1920s. Sure, that's probably almost straight, 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 straight 30. Straight 30. You can chuck mineral oil. Sure you can. No, you <laughs> can't. I can't. I can't. Does, he, does he put a little floater of uh, tequila no. no, this is, and you know what, Chris? It'd be one thing if you did dress it up, but he does this as like almost a finale to a hour-long set of various different ways of getting your body fucked up. Like he shows up in a ye oldy strongman like unitard thing with like the the Fred Flintstone style with the uh, the cheetah print. And he shows up doing feats of manliness. You know, the nail through the sinuses and, you know, pounding a, a fucking spike through a board with his hand. And, like, all those things that we've seen various different people do at the Jim Rose Circus. The problem is he does them all just himself. So he's, he's the opening and the closer in one human package. And a goddamn good, like, he makes delicious rum. And he's a hell of a fucking bartender, and quite a tiki mixologist. But Bjork's said, "No, he he's got a, a, a shit uh, Mary's Maggie's Farm, Maggie's Farm Distillery in Pennsylvania. 
um, he's one of the honchos there. Wow. And he's a fantastic human being. If you ever get a chance to see Lucky the Painproof Man, please do. Um, one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet, but also if you're just chatting with him in conversation and he slips in something like, so this one time I ate a stained glass window. <laughs> That's the guy, right? He's the dude right there. That's the guy that can do such things. And he does the broken glass bottles like you all break. You all just break up your beer bottles, lay them out on the ground. He'll lie on them and let you walk on him. He can't take that. So I'm sure all of it has a certain degree of this has been tested to be okay, but when the man hands you a mechanical squeeze-and-go-pop Black & Decker staple gun and invites you to use your own if you don't want to use his or you think his is rigged and lets you run staples into him as long as there's a five dollar, you know, a buck or a five underneath it, that's cool. That's pretty good shit. the head is excluded. Um, no. Forehead. I've seen some Here. facials. Yeah. Facial Yeah. So I just uh, very impressed by that. Um, he's got. He's either got more uh, more research or more balls than I will ever have. Or he's got like half inch thick skin. Well, yeah. Also could be true. The uh, but that that's that. So yeah, moving motorcycles around the garage. Uh, yeah. Back to that. Well, you know what I like to do is not get one of those, those rails because right. you have to have five or six of them. Yeah, you would. I'd like to find. What I'm trying to do is just get the bike back in there and kind of wiggle it over and drop it down, take yep. the thing, and get the next one. Once you get a Hoyer lift. It's so used to move really, it's so used to move handicapped people. Yeah. And it's uh, basically an overhead lift. It's got a couple of hoist points. It's like a cherry picker. And you can get them cheap because they're used medical supplies. And it's got a, a quad wheeled landing gear on it. And it, essentially, it's got hooks on it so that you could skyhook your bike. A couple of straps to your handlebars, one to the back of the seat, click, 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 things up in the air, take it wherever you want it, drop it, go pick the next one. That would make perfect sense. The uh, that, That's that's a what, good idea. What about just wheel chocks and just put the bikes in straight up with the front wheel and the chock? No, you just keep them close and they're perfectly yeah, keep straight up that way. Keep, and chocks aren't that expensive. Work too. You know, I've been doing this an extremely long time. And the technique that was taught to me when I was really young was when the bike is on the side stand, you know, negotiate the front of the bike into the hole, you know, and you do nose to tail, nose to tail. So the handlebars and the seats are overlapping. They'll be very close then. And you nose the bike in, and then with the side stand still down, you can just grab the back fender and drag the bike. And as long as that side stand's on the ground, all you got to do is have that back wheel sliding. And if you've got a clean, like this floor here, push forward, if you have this floor here and you throw a little baby powder down on this floor, ask Johnny Chrome how slippery that is. <laughs> it is enough to make your fucking leg explode. <laughs> yeah. Because I was doing a tube for a tire back there for this shit box bad idea that Johnny Mecklefresh is working on. And so I was doing, uh, I was doing a couple of knobbies on bike, a bike that should never have knobbies. And we're put, I'm using baby powder on the tubes, as you're supposed to. But I'm using baby powder, and I just like, you know, baby powder. It falls on the ground. But these are polished concrete floors. They're smooth as fuck. So Johnny Chrome went back there and just, I, I would, I'm sad and horribly embarrassed that it happened. But by the same token, I almost kind of wish that I could see it. Because I got to imagine your feet actually went out front of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, 
Definitely. Like <laughs> almost flying splits, man. <laughs> That's I was I took the next day off work and it wasn't because of the 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 actual wound. Right. Cuz you got about a you got about an 8 and 10 inch gash. My fucking Oh, you stretched out your fucking hammies. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. If, if you've ever almost slipped on ice and you caught yourself, yep. you know the muscles that, that yeah. get yeah. sore. Both of those the following day were just like uh, yeah. Those are your reverse cowgirl muscles. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the only thing keeping you tight. Like a true cowgirl. I the only thing keeping you tight in prison. Muscles. I must have rode this shit out of something. You just moved away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Good case, but the leg then caught. Yeah. That little. That little guard. Guard over the three pedals on the tire machine. And as we found out with most things in the world, it's the guard that fucks you over. Yeah. It's not the pedals on the tire machine. It's the guard for the pedals on the tire machine. And that's what laid your leg open. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, he's got a, literally, it looks like a Frankenstein stripe going down his leg. It's much better than it was. It's kind of ridiculous. I don't know, I don't know how you didn't get 18, no, 46 stitches. Ugh. Probably yeah. should have been stitched. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was, I was when, did, when did this happen? Does anybody else smell almonds? Yeah. Almond. yeah. No, get out of here. It's a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, they're just going to amputate. It's the, the he's, he can smell the. Uh, it looks like some of the redness has gone away. <laughs> when Dustin did his leg the same way, getting out of the uh, Babe Rally van, he managed to hook. We had really, I mean, it's a rusty piece of shit, and so the bumper was a rusty piece of shit, <laughs> and he hooked his leg on the rusty piece of shit bumper. Well done. And did the exact same wound on his leg, right up the front, about ten inches. And that's when we discovered the technical difference between duct tape and gorilla tape. Yeah. Ah. Duct tape. I got mine right there. Yeah. <laughs> duct tape is something you can use for ducts. Gorilla tape is something you can use on gorillas. And gorilla tape's the best. Gorilla tape is the best. That sticks to anything. And we uh, we cleaned out the wound with hydrogen peroxide, mm -hmm. and he was just shit faced enough he didn't care. And then we threw in uh, some neosporin, and then I pulled his skin together as tight as we could pull it together, and we laid probably eight runs of Gorilla Tape side to side and just had the no-touch policy. Just leave that shit the way it is for the next five days. Stereo strips. Yep, and that's what it was. It was Gorilla Stereo Strips. Industrial Strips. Yep, and, and because Gorilla Tape is so good, we didn't want to... Gorilla Unstereo Strips. Yeah, we didn't well, want to pull it off. Well, that thing is we didn't want to take it off because we knew it would open the wound up again. At some point. So, well, that's when, you gotta, that's when we put him in the hot tub. So we put it in the hot tub for a while, and eventually it... Because yeah, oh, hot tub dry is clean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no disease there. That worked out my daughter, too. She was at a skating. Yeah, got the chin. And the she got tub. underneath her, her yeah. chin. She yeah. came home, and something was sticking out from her in that hole. So she's like, I have to go to the hospital and get stitches. And I'm like, just hold on. I stuffed it back in there, and I took a piece of... Tape. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, something was hanging out of her chin hole. It was probably just chin fat. Stuff <laughs> 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 it back up in there. And then I put a piece of tape over it. And you don't even know what ever happened. You never even know what happened. Oh, because the beard covers it. That's oh, because the daughter's beard covers it. Yeah, that's nice. I got cored by a bicycle axle. Yeah. It was right yeah. here, dead center. And yep. they're like, oh, they stuck their finger in there. I'm like, oh, I can feel your heartbeat. <laughs> but there was, a little there was a little chunk of, like, chicken fat hanging out. It was just a little... Chicken <laughs> fat. 
And it went, and the funny thing is, the axle was and this is right on your sternum. Was like this big, and it went through into me, but never went through my shirt. So it poked oh, my poked shirt. shirt in with it. It was kept it clean. And there kept was it like, clean. There was a little nipple sticking out of my shirt where it where it pulled out. Yeah. Well, the Blue Trading Company shirts, it doesn't. There's that little extra nipple room. Yeah. They were in the Army, they uh training for sucking chest wounds? Yes, absolutely. You take, you take the plastic Take the plastic wrapper. A, a MRE wrapper yeah. and stick that on a sucking chest wound. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the surgical, uh, the, the bandage, the field dressing, was always that one where, like, the mystical sucking chest wound. And so the mystical sucking chest wound, everyone likes to talk about the mystical sucking chest wound. But they, they train you for it, and you take the plastic wrapping off the field dressing, and that goes under the field dressing, and then you basically wrap out and tie the knot on top of the dressing so you maintain constant pressure and over that. Oh, snack. That's exactly it. <laughs> I've never seen a sucking chest wound. I've heard they're really bad. Oh, you have? Well, yeah, a tree come down on Clifton, went right through the woman's windshield, went right, right in her chest. Holy driving, shit. Driving, driving a car during a storm. So you got to hear the sound and everything? Yeah. Wow. Oh, man, that's crazy. I feel like you're going to die. Did you make it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, he was there. I didn't do anything. We don't talk about the one that he wasn't there for. If he was there, she made it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's clearly the way it works. Look, Pete's here. You're going to live. I thought they used the great stuff for that. The magic hour. Oh, use any damn thing you want. I've I've put a lot of people together with duct tape. I mean, a lot of people have... That's in the first aid kit. The service department of our shop, the hell with anything else. Duct tape is number one frontline response to any fucking problem. What would medical duct tape be? Just sterile duct tape, right? And I really, I'm going to tell you. And how is duct tape not sterile to begin with? It's probably all machine made. You know, duct tape removes warts, too. Uh-huh. If you have a wart, you put <laughs> duct tape over it. And yeah. You just, if you just keep that duct tape on in like three or four weeks. Does it just choke it out? Three or like four yeah. weeks. Three or four weeks later, the same duct tape on hair, yeah. right? Five exactly. layers of skin, right? Yeah. No, seriously. Duct tape does cover. I mean, well, all the adhesives on those are probably animal renderings on all the duct tapes, right? They're probably yeah, some yeah. sort of. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're I like heard that the horses went to the glue factory. Exactly, and every time I used to. But you have to think the manufacturing process almost makes them sterile to begin with. Right? I, they're probably heated above 100 degrees. I think a field trip is in order to uh, Avon Lake. To Avon Lake, we can go to the, the Manco, or the, not Manco, the. Hankel. It's Hankel now. Is it Hankel now? Yeah. Is it Hankel? Really? I used to. Oh, How much is it done? I work there. Yeah. It's sold out. Duct tape. Uh, the. I used to work in an industry where we used tons of duct tape taping down cords, like uh, audio and video cords and shit like that, and the occasional stripper. But, yes. But the uh, – but, I mean, doing a job, it was not uncommon for me to go through three or four rolls of this, and it was our corporate color, the burgundy color. Corporate, and rip, like, And when you pull that shit off a roll fast, the smell you get in your nose is pure dead animal. Mm. Yeah, like, you're like, I'm at the meat processing like you can smell you can smell the horse. You can definitely like you pull it rip and it's like, <laughs> like Yep, that's fresh. That's a brand new fresh roll of duct tape. Yeah. And it's you know hide glue. And the stuff was really good. Like the duct tape that we ordered for the company was remarkably high end duct tape. So very good shit. And but you get sick of the smell. And the gorilla tape is a different animal entirely. The gorilla tape is Almost impossible how thick it is, what it will hold, 
It the bonds sh- molecularly. It does. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. The parts of just sh- moisture in the air to yeah. The parts of shitty vehicles that I've held together hyperstatic in the like, rain when you have like a gecko or something. Yeah. That can, it does not like, matter about. It, just, it doesn't matter how it, wet the object it is. It soaks into whatever. It pushes the water out of the way and sticks. Yeah. That shit is Gorilla Tape is a very important item to have in your roadside repair kit. It's just fucking cool, man. That stuff works. And any of the Gorilla products seem to be like their wood glue is really good and their super glue is not to fuck around with. Like that that's one of those ones you'd be very careful around that shit. Put on your goddamn gloves. Because Ooh, you do one shot though. It seems like when you use the Gorilla glue Throw it away. Yeah, it just throw it away. Yeah. Moisture yeah. just they yeah. need like tear off like just an ampule. Yeah, just break, ampule. break the top off, then we'll yeah. use Well things. never buy super glue in anything bigger than a one use serving size container. Buy fifty of those. Yeah. But only expect to get one use out of it, because the second you're like, I'm going to put this little cap back on this glue, now your fucking fingers are fucked because you tried to put the thing back on. And you'll be just fine the next time I go to use you. Right. You'll be fine. And then meanwhile, you try to open that fucker up again, and only the very bottom of the foil container is even squishy. It must be a super glue proof cap. Yeah. I'm going to squish this. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna open that up a little bit and like poke it with my knife, so I can get to that juicy, delicious glue at the bottom. And you poke it with your knife and it shoots on your fucking face. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh great. You wipe your face off on your pants. Oh no! The first thing you do is grab a towel and wipe your face, and now you have a towel stuck to your face. <laughs> Shit is amazing, but it's also fucking. It's fucking a rough devil. morning with that towel. It is a rough morning. Wait right there. Hold on. Back to Christmas garage movement. Yeah, garage, garage movement. I have thirteen, I mean, you have more than I do, but I have thirteen yeah. bikes in my garage right now. Yeah. But I find that angle parking. Chevron. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes a lot. Of, so if you want to use a bike, you park them straight in. Yeah. Although you no, there's sort of lose that one triangle at the yeah. back of the garage right. and the one at the front. Yep. You still can get all your bikes out if you park them at an angle yep. so you can pull them out down a path on the like a one side or both sides. Oh, yeah. You angle park everything. You can at least get all your bikes out. Mm-hmm. But if you park them straight, there's no way. You have to, you have to play catch. I mean, if your bikes have game. center stands, put all the bikes that have center stands next to each other. Because when they're up on their center stand, you can slide. Yeah. So once the bike's up on its center stand, really your only friction spot is the front tire on the ground. And so you can just wiggle it a little bit and just slide it right on the, the nice polished concrete. Compact them. And push them right, like, peg to peg. Mm-hmm. Offset the pegs, you're good to go. There have been times years ago when I took a lot of the winter storage bikes and stored them at my house. Dustin would spend hours, and we got 66 bikes into my garage. But there was no daylight. In one them. layer. Yeah, in one layer. We didn't do a second stage. The second garage mahal. Garage mahal. Yeah, we had 66 bikes in there. So we had 66 bikes in the garage mahal. That's saying something. Like, that was a lot of work to fit those in. And, like, that's doing the battery... That's how that fucker pay for itself. That's right. That is how we made the garage pay for itself. And we put battery tenders on virtually all the bikes that were in there. So we had... Oh, man, we had power strips and extension cords going everywhere. But the trick was you'd take your shoes off, and in your stocking feet, you'd just walk on the seats. So you just walk on the seats. Go, see bike. Go gentle. Yeah, and just go and go over to the bike that you needed to like change the battery tender on or whatever. Bike surfing. Yeah, bike surfing. And that's how I found out that this Lorain County does helicopter grid patterns. <laughs> <laughs> they thought he had a grow a grow. Yeah, they probably yeah. did. They it probably saw. Turned out it was a bunch of battery tenders. It was like literally 50 battery tenders we had cooking at one time. 
So we had 48 or 50 battery tenders all chewed in at the same uh, at the same moment, which is you know 750 milliamps per. Mm -hmm. That's me running like 50 amps on the garage, no problem at all times. But you know, getting the bikes in tight is obviously it's beneficial. But what do you have in your garage now? Four or five? Six. Six. Wow. My garage is not conducive. No, it's not. Your so. garage is not. I mean, is that called a two-car garage or is that like a one and a half? No, it's a kind of two. Two and a half. Yeah. But it's got that weird little front thing. Yeah, and, that's, and that's why I keep three of them poked up. In that there. front little spot. But they got to go straight. Yeah. And I've got one sideways, one between the cars, and one over against the wall. Wasn't it against the code in Rocky River? I thought you weren't allowed to have that many things. <laughs> I just tell everybody I live in Lakewood. And I'm, All right, uh, you're a hoarder. Okay. Yeah. The the other thing too is, I mean, if you have the space and you can do it, there's something awesome about putting in a $1,200 shed, like a $1,200 shed in your backyard. Uh, you know, they'll deliver an eight by anything on a rollback, and I I don't think they'll go ten, but I'm almost positive they'll go eight. And when they delivered my uh, my shed is either, I think it's 8 by 12 and they delivered that thing, and for a little while, we had six or seven bikes in there, and it was a treat. I mean, extension cord running out there for the battery tenders, and well, no, wait a yeah. one padlock I don't door. think I can get Mrs. Smith's car into the shed, though. Yeah, priorities, priorities, priorities. You need to buy her a smaller car. Yeah, that's it. Sure. Right. I got a couple of pals coming in. Those things are coming. There you go. Mm-hmm. There's nothing smaller than that. She was looking at a, uh, a lift. Uh-huh. She saw it at a guy. Oh, really? A Ben Pack. Yeah, yeah. So, An H-lift. Yeah. So. Yeah. A four-poster so yeah. you can put the car up in the air. So four-posters don't work out real well, good for well, the bike. Well, what I was but, thinking was put yeah. three of the smaller bikes, Yeah. run them up, and have the Well, for 1500 bucks or less than two grand, you could buy a four-poster, a four-poster lift, and then just take the, you know, the... The kit comes with two rails for the car wheels, but then just lay in metal across yeah, the opening area, plate. diamond plate. Put oh, diamond yeah. plate in there, and you could put fucking ten bikes up in the air. Put two by tens across there. Yeah, you exactly. can make a wood deck up there. Right. Now. Roll them in there real nice and then hit the button, and they go up in the air, and put Mrs. Smith's car can go right underneath it. It's fucking genius, man. That's if the garage is tall enough. If you yeah, got a headroom, you got to have My garage is tall enough. Well, yours is. Yeah. I would take Duke with Nazi motors. They used to roll the cars up on the lifts yeah. and then raise the cars up and then yeah. roll cars <coughs> underneath. Sure. So uh, the one night, the, they had those safety, like the old hydraulic lifts had a second rod. Sure. And you clicked that thing and there was a safety. That's yeah. right, safety rod. Well, the safety uh, broke. Oh. And the weld broke or something. And it just lost pressure. And it lost pressure and it went down and it impaled this like 911. <gasps> it went right. It went, the safety rod went like. Smooth. You worked for Euclid Foreign Motors. Yeah. Oh shit! They built a, they built a motor for me. My sixteen hundred yeah, short block in my bus. Used to call it Euclid Nazi motors. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. It There's Mark? nobody at Euclid Foreign Motors. They were Slovenians, though. They were Slovenians. <laughs> Mark Martin. Was that yeah. The head honcho over there. The old guy. Yeah, that was uh, Mylan something and uh, Lisak. Lisak. Yeah, Lisak. All right. They graduated with her daughter. God, his daughter. That's not cool. The uh, that garage 
like moving shit around your garage and having stuff where it belongs is a huge advantage. You hear I said moving shit around. I know it's very frustrating. Yeah, because you're like, why the fuck am I pushing this thing around, bitch? You're not making me any money. Uh, Once you go run, go up front where you can't get to them. Where you can't get to them. I did that this. I did that. I've I've rearranged my garage at the house probably four times already this season. Hmm. You know, just kind of going. But you know what? Any dream I had of working on you is a fucking rough boy fantasy. So you're going right to the front of the garage. I'm never. I'm not going to touch you for eons. And I've moved all that like fucking dead stock. Moved it way to the front. What's going to help my garage is when I do finally admit to the problem, put a second floor in. Because my garage is high enough that I could easily put a second floor in it. At least a loft in the you've back. Got yeah, a loft. Yeah. yeah. You've got, you've got well, that's what I'm saying. I got to <laughs> do one or the other. All the in Garage A where I live. Yeah, that's all the right. That run got ridden over to Garage, to garage B, B where I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everything in B runs. Everything yeah, in A doesn't. When Merritt uh, Merritt was reading the the text this morning about, you know, what do you do for garage space management, and Merritt was like, build another garage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, buy another building. Park your if you're from West Virginia, park your car broken down car next to it. Um if you're in the Build West Coast Put it on black. If you're in the West Coast you can go to Costco and buy one of those like um canvas not canvas oh, yeah. plastic garages for hundred and ninety nine dollars. Harbor Freight has a Harbor Freight yeah, tent. Farm tent. Yeah. Farm, tech farm tent, right? Like these things are all the same shit. It's basically a series of tarpaulins and metal tubing and little bungee straps that hold the shit together and it somehow passes as being something beyond just a fucking shelter half. Like, it's just shelter half technology, but big, oversized, from China in a, in a box. And I was looking at, uh, like, uh, container buildings. And yeah. Stuff, and the most simplest one was container here, container right. there, and then over top of it, they put a steel building in between them. Yes. So now you have there container, you container, and then... 16 feet of you can park anything you want in this yeah. space. If you want to close ANs in, you can. Okay. But it was pretty sweet. It was Why like not container, container, and container, container? The Misfits have been running out of what appears to be now you can go a circa 1880s horse barn with a Costco tent next to it. And that's what gets called in for storage. And like I guess on the West Coast, that's considered to be okay. The point is we have snow every year that comes and takes all that shit. Yeah. Like, if you put anything up that is, you know, sketchy, flat pack, or anything that comes out of a box from China that's supposed to keep the wind or sun off of your, you know, car, it's going to fucking die. And every year, hillbillies in Cleveland, and I use that term loosely, they're just generally optimists with no money. And they buy these things at, you know, Sam's Club or whatever. Right. Coffee and is the poor man's Coke. A 10, yeah, a 10 by 20. And they put this thing up and they're like, that's great, Martha. Park 26 motorcycles underneath it. And then we get one big heavy wet snow. Put a snow. blue tarp over them, too. Put another blue tarp over it, yeah. Yeah, you want to shore it up? Put another blue tarp over it. Those blue tarps at Harbor Freight are like three bucks. If you get a buck if you get a coupon. Layer it. Layer it. More layers. Not to change the subject, but you Please brought do. up Liza. I'm sorry? You brought up Liza. I did. Is she coming in for Mid-Ohio? Oh, sweet baby Jesus. She's already put her mixer order in for the sound oh, really? management. Awesome. So I'm borrowing a mixer from... Uh, not coming, I hope. What's that? No. Knock is not coming, no. unfortunately. Um, it's going to be Emma, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, it's going to be Naked Jim, which you guys haven't met Jim, but he's fucking the cat's ass. This guy is a really good human being. And then Zach. And Zach is the fellow who moved out to Boston. 
Um, you got to do a night at Porco with us here and move out there, and he's in the middle of uh, fucking his way to the bottom of a SV650, one horrible idea at a time. And the, what's up, go ahead, yeah, take that, yeah, South Taco Supreme, baby, get some sauces for it. Uh, but, so Zach is going to come in from Boston, Lies is going to be there, Electric Terry, Terry Hirschner is going to be doing some His sort of... His name came up in a conversation with the, uh, Dave Fry, the guy yeah. that used to live. He knows Electric Terry and his dog, Charge. Charger. Charger. So Charger was supposed to be some manifestation of a uh, a huskadoodle or something. Like some like <laughs> some like small... A chihuahua dane. <laughs> but it was supposed to be like a small husky breed. Like a little, like a husky and a little fucking like, you know, you know, something. And that was supposed to be... And that's why Terry got Charger. Because Charger, in the original photographs... Charger is the size of, like, you know, the the pocket on your hoodie. The problem was Charger grew into be a full-size fucking husky. <laughs> and so, but the problem is Charger was trained from an early age to ride on the gas tank of his electric motorcycle. And Charger still does. And so that dog is, like, shoulder trained, like a fucking macaw. And it is also gas tank trained like Charger. And so Terry is routinely fucking off down the road, making zero decibels and 80 miles an hour with a husky that's a full-on bite-your-face-off-size animal on the gas tank. And so all these fucking, like, I'm going to save the world one rescue dog at a time, go, there's a dog without a dog chair and a dog chair seatbelt and without a baby seat on a motorcycle, I'm going to call the ASPCA immediately and have them bring in the ASPCA helicopter and arrest Terry. So he gets a lot of attention from law enforcement. And then they meet Terry and realize that Terry's smarter than any of them and Charger's actually smarter than any of them. So because And Charger's just a girl magnet because uh, Charger is just the coolest dog in the world. But also, it doesn't hurt that, like, Charger and Terry are a pretty powerful, co- you know, powerful couple. And I've been at, re- I've been at bars, uh, I've, been at power- I've been at bars and restaurants where I have seen a gaggle of impossibly hot girls just mm-hmm. go like, oh, my God, is that your dog? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and she's on the tank of your motor? Yes. Can I pet her? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but you got to pet your way through me first. You've got to work through me to get to the dog. And, uh, yeah, that dog is just fantastic. Uh, ridiculous. So, uh, but, yeah, Terry's pretty fantastic. He's going to be doing one of the better challenges, I think, at AMA Vintage Days. So he'll be there. So that's uh, good, good stuff. And we're going to have a dozen bikes between the three dealerships, between us, Ask Power Sports, and the guys in Cincinnati. Um, we're going to have... Uh, 12 zeros. So we'll have 12 zeros there for demos. And uh, plus the normal fucking shenanigans. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's AMA Vintage Days. You're going to run lead or you're going to run chase? I think I'm going to run chase because I shouldn't be leading anybody anywhere. Right? I'll be in the rear with the gear. You bring your camper, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm bringing the bus. I'm filling the bus full of shit. I've got like, James and I went through, we've got seven or eight abandoned, derelict, fucked-up scooters that just need a new home in mid-Ohio. We may or may not decide to make them run. Depends on how much motivation we have when we get there. Otherwise, there's fires. We can burn them. 
I want that three-wheel C70. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm bringing. You're gonna have to knock the old lady off her when she yeah. goes by. I think I'm gonna bring Piper. Mm-hmm. I think he has to work Friday, Saturday. I'm like, cool. You gotta learn to ride your mini bike, and it's a know, good environment for her. It's not that I'm like she's been camping, so Luke's bugging. Luke's bugging. She's used a little bit of adult theme stuff happening. You know, somebody swear. How much man dick has she really seen? None at all. <laughs> okay, because naked Jim. This could be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> this might be an opportunity for her to like, okay, let's. <laughs> You know, you're like my dad in a lot of ways, well, and you're not like my dad in a lot of other ways. Oh, yeah. I think she's like, she, uh, she understands. She'll be like, go in the trailer at 9 o'clock. <laughs> or, or maybe sooner. <laughs> go in the trailer at 9 o'clock. Put on your sleeping mask. And pull the blinds. Lock the door. Lock the doors. <laughs> disregard that burnout that starts from 9 o'clock and lasts till like 3 in the morning. Or the guy that just wouldn't stop hate-fucking Kawasaki H2 last year. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard a motorcycle. I think it was just that whole crew was taking turns, taking it down to the corner and thrashing it. The only thing louder than the bike were the yells and screams of ecstasy of the people riding it. <laughs> and that bike didn't touch, touch asphalt the entire weekend. All it did was gravel, grass, Dirt and a board that people were trying to burn. uh, Board that people were trying to burn through by being burned. Which, by the way, with mud on your tire. That to me is the same as being like, well, here's a six-inch spike. Drive it through the head of your dick using your forehead. You know, hold my beer. Right, hold my beer. I'm gonna give it a shot. Uh, Because I don't. Yeah, there's no part of that whole like I'm gonna put my bike. Wait a second, hold on. How does this work again? You guys gonna hold my front wheel? Already, I'm already checked out on the sheer pussy factor of that statement because <laughs> I don't need anyone to hold my front wheel, ever. The the burnout pit is the first badge of I'm a worthless piece of shit. But it's right next to the disco. Oh no no, I mean like at the Harley events, like when you go to Quaker oh. Steak and Lube and they have a, an official sanctioned sponsored burnout pit with a wheel chalk in the middle of a concrete ring, so that you can put your wheel in the wheel chalk. Because your dumb ass can't do a proper burnout on your Harley unless you are front wheel chalked in. Fuck you. We, but it, yeah. it's not safe to do it any other way. I know, exactly. <laughs> right? It wouldn't be safe. I've never had a burnout get away from me, says the man who's had hundreds of burnouts get away from me. That's but it's more fun. spectacular. That's, that's yeah. the insurance underwriter over yeah. Quaker's taking loop. There's nothing better when yeah. the back tire actually hooks up. <laughs> when you get to that max, that magical temperature. Yeah. Where the pavement and the tire make a rubber compound in the middle, and it's just like, I we're watched, happy now. I Time to go. I <laughs> my buddy and burnt the shit out of it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to turn this 600-pound motorcycle into a fucking suppository. Gun missile. Next thing you know, there's a CX-500. Woo! It's like a stalking burger on a car. It right? is. Like, <laughs> a 3,000 RPM stall. And when they hook up, it's magical. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean... But to sit there and try to burn through a wooden board using your tire, um, the bus burnt through a couple of two-by-eights, two-by-tens. And the bus using bus tires, you know, high-mileage kind of over-the-road tires, it cut angles into a two-by-ten that you couldn't have made with, like, woodworking tools. Beautiful, 45-degree angles. Just burned right into them, got the smell of wood burning and the whole deal. And they're like, oh, your tires are burning. I'm like, I don't think those are the tires. Those tires have a different chemical composition than those pine fucking shitty-ass pine boards. 
which went up like that. The right. tires are vulcanized. You should have yeah. used mahogany. <laughs> mahogany. Mahogany, your hogany. You should have used mahogany. You should have used uh, Osage orange. Should have used wood ever. Should have used a motherfucking tractor. Yeah. <laughs> Osage orange. Should have used a lot more sense when I was picking my parking spot. <laughs> Dried Osage orange will dull a chainsaw blade. Really? Seriously. I had no idea it even existed. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's one so of the hardest woods books. ever. Do they really? Yeah, yeah. We go down and get them in the Metro Park. There's some Osage orange trees there. And really? If you use the Osage orange, is keep away uh, insects and stuff like that. Those big yeah. monkey spiders. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. Frame. 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 Monkey they drop those big green fucking things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an Osage orange. Yeah. I had no idea. Heard it in the, the corner of the woods. The woods all like gnarly. They just like. So forgive me for being obtuse. How do you cut those down? When they're when they're wet. when they're green, yeah, when they're green, you can okay. still cut them. All right, but when they when they when dry they out die and they dry out, forget it. You'll dull a you'll dull a blade. Yeah. Wow, got it. Diffuser everything. How it would burn? It burns pretty hot. So hmm? once you get it going, I suppose. I have oh, I have a hundred Osage orange on my property. Really? Yeah. Hmm. The monkey balls are so cool. I put them in my house to keep the spiders away. Yep. Oh, that works. Oh yeah. yeah. That keeps spiders away. Every year yeah. we go down and get some and put them in our house. You what? See spiders in my house. Yeah, they do not like. No, like my basement doesn't yeah. have spider webs. And really? It's everywhere. I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. I always look at spiders as being beneficial, though. So you're right. Yeah, I mean, spiders. But not I, in my house. I like everything about spiders except walking through their fucking nest. Like they're walking through their webs. Shit. I will admit that's a great way to see all the kung fu moves I know. When I walk through one of those things, I'm full on Bruce Lee. You go in the garage and strung from the mirror to the seat and then you know, all over the bike and shit. I had one that was so thick I had a hard time opening my garage door. <laughs> like like this was like one proud fucking dedicated spider. And I think every time I'd open the garage door I was fucking with his operation from the night before. So I think one night, I mean, rather than make it all like pretty and make it big, he said, Okay, if he's gonna fuck my shit up every morning, I'm gonna put in a real fucking proper Spidey Man rope. And he put in a real, like a real heavy, heavier than most spider webs I've ever dealt with, because I lifted the garage door, and as I lifted the garage door, I walked through the garage, and I walked it right up my fucking center line of my face. Not still on his ass. Oh no! It put me into a full fucking panic. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm swinging arms and shit. The garage door came down, nearly hit me in the head. And I was like, "Get it off me, fuck!" But it was much thicker than a normal spider web, and I have to think that spiders have a sense of humor. <laughs> and they know that we're there. They can see us coming. He was thinking basically. basically I, I made a string of shit and slapped you in the face with it. <laughs> oh no! If Spider Man, if Spider Man was anatomically correct, it'd be a whole different thing. Yeah, spinning it out. Of I can't. Um, hold on. Uh, Johnny Chrome is handing me a magazine of some sort. Oh, it's the Riding On uh, Embrace Your Inner Hermit Homosexual. Oh wow! Look at this. We're in the fucking magazine. Okay, according to. Uh, According to Bill Bish, editor of the Shifting Gears section of Riding on Motorcycle Magazine, uh, for V-Twin and V-Twin enthusiasts, um, they have a, uh, come on, where's it start? Oh, man. Well, there's our Cleveland Moto. Uh Uncle Phil reads. I'm reading this just as a live on air. I quickly. Well, wait a second. A few drops later, I shared a few road tales, got some great feedback, and left with a good, healthy impression of organized ridership in the area. Thanks for the opportunity, Dave. I don't know what that is. Um, A few drops later, 
And on my way home following a long day of deliveries, I was arriving at my late-night stop of the day at Cleveland Moto, only to find the crew gathered around a card table outside the service bays in the parking lot. Here comes riding on, I overheard, and inquired why everyone was there so late at around 10 p.m. Uh, that's when I was informed that I'd crashed their weekly podcast and was on air as we speak. Led by owner James Sherp, their friendly roundtable discussion. Okay, now I think, was that was there any chance James was still here and Renee Sherp was still here? Yeah. Because who the fuck is James Sherp? Okay, it doesn't matter. No idea. Never let the facts get in the way of a good story. Sounds like he called and was asking for him. Yeah, my name's James Sherp. I think it was probably the, the deal where it's like James and Renee Scherf. Yeah, right? yeah. Led by owner James Scherf. For the record, Cleveland Moto is owned by James Scherf. Tell your friends. Thank God. I have nothing and to do with And the IRS, that. too. According to this magazine, we can't get sued. Uh, their friendly roundtable discussions of all things motorcycle reaches tens of thousands of listeners and can be accessed by any device smarter than my flip phone. I was invited to have a seat and join in and bribed by a beer and a shot of bourbon. How could I say no? I quickly felt right at home with a group of friends, customers, and staff, and it was more like sitting around our living room than in studio. Well, there's no studio involved at all. Uh, we talked about riding styles, motorcycle types, local events and activities, and techie stuff like gasohol, carburation, automatic transmissions, and the like. We've never used the word gasohol. Uh, Maybe someone said asshole in here. <laughs> <laughs> asshole? You bet that. Like you can find out more about their blogs and podcasts described as weekly chat about vintage motorcycles, tech tips, and other news from folks who wrench and ride at clevelandmoto.blogspot.com or their Facebook or on iTunes. Isn't that cool? They got the important part right. Yeah, they got the names wrong, but the story's right. And there's a photograph of all of us sitting around there, um, you know, enjoying our... Oh, we're all holding the Ride On magazine, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I was so drunk, I don't even remember giving them an endorsement. What was that? No, you weren't there that night. That was the night that the... Um, Three the, weeks ago, or shit, that victim, remember, that vic, uh, the customer who bought the uh, BMW R50. Victim. <laughs> His garage, not mine. He was in here the other day, though, wasn't he? Oh, he comes around all the time. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, that was a nice R50. It's the nicest. Yeah, but I couldn't own it for him. Complain? No, no, no. But it's killing batteries. I mean. I think we've just gotten a couple of bad batteries in a row because that particular size of battery is a very oh, oddball, a battery. weird battery. Anyway, it's and too small for that bike. What right. and what he should do? It looks so large. Is yeah. he should put a he should put a big fucking lithium lipo battery in there and he'll be fine. Yeah. Or uh, or he should use an Odyssey. Yeah, an Odyssey. I mean, while I was paying for batteries, I wasn't going to pay for an Odyssey or a big fucking lithium. Yeah. I mean, I was going to send him out the door with a good battery. But he's not had good luck with that particular it's, battery. It's just killing it when he's trying to start it? or I have no idea. You know what? Here's what, the thing. Wait, what are we talking about? My BMW R50, my gray one. Okay. Well, I had one battery in that bike for five years. Yeah. And it made every event, did everything. I sell it to a guy. He's put two different batteries in it in the past month that he's owned it. And he just keeps killing batteries. Is he putting something like a YTX 14? I mean, that probably doesn't... I put the recommended battery in it, the same battery I took out of it. It's a 12, though, isn't it? Uh, it's a 14. It's a 14. Yeah, 14 he didn't connect, like, a USB or something to it, did it? I don't think so. Juice all the time? Oh, you can't put anything modern in it. Did you know how to use a pickler? Yeah. Yeah, I showed him. No, it's just a weird thing. He thinks that it has a parasitic draw. It doesn't. 
That's I mean, what I was going to say, if you put like a USB on there, because that's pretty simplistic. That switch disconnects everything. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. You pull that band, you pull that plug out of there. When you pull that quarter-inch stereo headphone plug out of that ignition system, everything shuts off. And but it, you know, it has killed a couple of batteries. But I think the batteries that I'm getting have been shelled so long that they're no good. Right. So I don't think it's an anomaly that he's killed a couple of batteries. I think the two batteries we've gotten, um, just to stir it up, I got one from Tucker Rocky and I got one from Parts Unlimited. It just turns out either both batteries are shit or the bike's pulling power when it shouldn't be. But I don't I always tell you, you have the batteries, batteries, so I mean, Well, and what I would also recommend Uwasa. doing. How do you say that? You also. What I would recommend doing is putting a big fuck off switch, like a breaker. In line with the, the red terminal. You buy a battery disconnect switch. Exactly. A battery disconnect switch. Right. And yeah, put one I can't believe that once that, that switch is pulled. I mean, once you pull that key out, there's nothing to... Was there a fuse block on that? There's, well, okay. there's fuses, yeah. So you could pull one fuse out for this particular circuit and see if it's happened. If it were my bike and I was having that problem, my first move would be to switch to use some of the modern, amazing technology batteries that we have today. Even though the bike is ancient, I would probably put an Odyssey battery in it. We'd be good to go. Yeah. Or a trickle charger. Well, he's got a battery tender. And it's still needs to be, I don't know. He needs to use it. It's got a battery. I put a battery tender lead on it. So if it was in my garage, anytime the bitch wasn't moving me to market, it'd be plugged into a battery tender. That's just the way it works. Unless, of course, you got the memo from Zero to say, do not plug your batteries. <laughs> well, zeros are different. Yeah. So the uh, – but – you know, we tested it here. I hooked that Uaza device that we have, that very expensive meter yeah. that tells you a lot about a battery. I think it gave us 100%. It gave us, you know, all A's on our report card. So the the charging system was working great. The battery was holding at the time, but yet he comes up goose eggs with the battery situation. So we could also does he have a parking light? No. Uh, no. Because. Uh, 60s do. I mean, that. that well, it, I, I strike that. You know what, Steve? It does. If you put that ignition key in, you put that fucking quarter inch stereo phono plug in there, you shove that thing in there, you quicker, you, you click her to the left, yeah. and then it will leave a parking and light on. You can still on. pull it out. Yes, and you can pull the key out. No, that was my buddy. I helped him with a motorcycle and everything. He said, like, He keeps killing the battery on everything. I'm like, I went over there one day. He's like, yeah. I'm going to go ride the bike. And I was went riding to it earlier. And the headlights on. I'm like, dude, you're leaving it with yeah. the key on. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Well, if you're on a Pacific coast, that's easy to and do. He'd go to, he'd go to start and he'd go over and turn the key on. I'm not to warm up a little. You're not living anything. No, you're not. You're, you're not your battery dying. Your battery dying. With the Pacific coast, the parking, the parking circuit for the lighting is in the wrong spot. Normally, the parking circuit for the lighting is you go to the handlebars locked position and then one more tick and then take the key out and that is now... Handlebars locked and parking light illuminated. On the Pacific coasts, it's turn the key until you the handlebars are ticked and go back one, and that is the parking light illuminated. So on Pacific coasts, it's real easy. If you think you're putting your parking lock on, your, your column lock, it's very easy to walk away with your bike with the brake lights on and come back to a dead fucking battery. And there's kind of anecdotal, like that's the thing about owning the Pacific Coast, is they put the park light feature in a very unnatural key position. And it happens to be a problem for people. I rode mine all week. Yeah. And I love that bike. I do, too. Yeah. I have an unnatural track. I put $178 of shit in the back. Oh, you did? In the back of the Pacific Coast? 
God damn, that thing is a yeah. cavernous. <laughs> it's amazing what a Pacific Coast will carry. Oh, man, how many cans of chicken can you carry in the back of a Pacific Coast? The answer is all of them. Yeah. Enough that you have to go to Costco to get them. I, had a, I don't know how many pounds of coffee and chicken. Yeah. Like only the essentials. <laughs> I got chicken and coffee. coffee and I'm good chicken. to go. Uh, it was pouring down rain the other night. I was going to bring the Pacific Coast home, and I changed my mind last minute to ride a different bike. And But I was at the east side shop, so I already had the whole fucking shop buttoned up. I had the bus parked in front of the roll-up door in the high-security mode, and I couldn't fit the Pacific Coast back through the walking man door because of the mirrors. So I was like, fuck, i got to put this bike somewhere. The bike I was going to ride, the Moto Guzzi Scrambler, I could fit out through the doors, no problem. But the fucking Pacific Coast wouldn't fit back in. So I'm like, hmm, where am I going to put the Pacific Coast? Oh, shit, I got a big-ass trailer out there. So the big-ass trailer tailgate, the beaver, like the drop ramp trailer, is backed right up to the grass. And so the trailer drops down, and the grass is lower than the parking area. The parking area is a little bit like a foot or so higher than the grass. So when the trailer ramp is down, it's at a very steep angle. Such a steep, <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit. Such a steep angle that I was somewhat concerned about the Pacific Coast high centering when I rolled it up into the trailer. And this is a double axle, you know, 14-foot-long trailer. So, okay. So, it's a little bit wet. It's not going to haunch down and help you a little bit. No, it's not, no. right? And so I have the, the fucking trailer hitch business chained for anti-theft reasons to one of my Kendons, which is standing up right next to the front of the trailer. So I'm like, this is going to be great. I'm going to go to the back, and I'm going to give it a very aggressive run. I'm going to give it a real aggressive run. I'm, I'm going to duck so I make sure I don't hit my head on the a garage door type spring, spring of a bob that helps the cables lift up the rear door of the trailer. So I'm going to climb up this ramp, and I'm going to duck my head, and in we go. Slide over the crown. Well, and I figure if I give it enough of a hit, that I'll bounce the bike right over the crown, right break over the on, high point. Break on through to the other side. And I'll just, it'll be fine. And, you know, time is of the essence, and I have to pee. So we're going to do this. We're going to give this one good shot. Well, what had happened is... is impaired by having to pee. And I was running late, which is the story of my life. But, so I take the approach, the evil Knievel approach, and I was truly, like, I was embodying the spirit of evil Knievel. I gave it a couple of run-ups. I waved it off to, to get the crowd on their feet. And uh, I decided, I was like, okay, this is going to be the one. And I got it lined up. And, it, you know, it was just raining a little bit. So I was like, we're going to do it. Well, I put the cape on. So we've committed to this much. Take over Canyon. Right. And what happened was, I, the tiger's playing in back. as soon as the front wheel of the PC-800 got halfway up that, like, six-foot-long ramp door, as soon as it got, like, six feet up, well, physics took over. And the whole front of the trailer went up in the air. It wheelie the fuck out of that big-ass trailer. Which lines up the uh, ramp. Which made yeah. the problem of the ramp being not a problem at all anymore. The fucking ramp came down to meet me. It's like one of those rollback... Uh, it was genius. It's like a rollback uh, tow truck. I, and it happened so quick. All I saw was the, alt, the previously flat floor became like a half-pipe ramp in front of me. The, the trailer became a 17-foot-long ramp. And I was like, shit, once you're a commit, you know, you, got, you, you don't back out of it. 
You don't chicken out. This is not the time to put your feet down. You power other, into it, I'm man. going out the other side. Well, you know, just power into it. And as soon as you know the back of the bike's in, just hit the brakes. So I got the bike in there, and I got the wheels chained so it won't roll forward, right? Because that's just security. But, um, yeah, the front of the trailer, so the, the kid, that my apprentice kid, you know, he's like, oh, shit, the tongue of that trailer was like eight feet in the air. <laughs> and he goes, it picked up the whole Kendon. <laughs> I meant to do that, yeah. So, one, that's physics. Two, PC-800, apparently heavy enough to make that shit go wheelie. What is it, 600? I don't know. Something but it was really cool because I had it in there, and I didn't die, and the bike didn't fall over. I put my side stand down, walked out like a hero. No put, major gashes. No major gashes in the forehead or anywhere else. Put the tailgate back up, locked it, walked away like a pro, jumped on the Moto Guzzi scrambler and scrambled my ass home and i was like i couldn't do that again if i tried like if that was a million dollar event in some sort of wacky fucked up motorcycle gymkhana could never do that again but i fucking nailed it once the one time i had to do it so yeah i got a double secret reserve bike over at the manor store now hiding in that trailer and i'm just worried about how i'm going to take it out because I ain't going to take it out as fast as I put it in. Have your boys sit on the tongue. Oh, I'm going to have a couple of them sit on the tongue. <laughs> just put, a little, just put some blocks under the back. That's what they have. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a question. Tell me about this uh, the security system, the high-tech security system you have where you park your bus in front of it. Yeah, we had, a, we had a couple of break-ins out there. So what I'm doing is I'm parking the bus. I saw you doing that here, too, with the tundra. With the tundra, yeah. We're parking vehicles, you know, big, big complicated vehicles. Um, or just slow them down type vehicles. We have alarm systems in the building, but the idea is to slow them down. And if I park complicated vehicles in front of the roll-up doors, and, you know, sometimes I disconnect the batteries to make it even more devilish. Um, the, the bus is the best because you park the bus in front of something, and then you bleed out the air brakes. That fucker's not going anywhere. So once you park the bus and you just lay on the brake pedal until your air tanks are empty... In order to move that bus, you have to not only start it, which takes a little bit of doing if you haven't dealt with diesels for a while, but you also have to wait the 10 minutes for the compressors to come up to give you enough air pressure that the brakes can unlock so that you can move the fucker. By then, the police are there. You know? Well, not in Cleveland, though. Well, this is not. In Menor, they would. Oh, in Menor, the police are there before you call them. They have this whole anticipation system. In Cleveland, in two hours, they might show up. No, in Cleveland, that's why we have cameras in here that come to my house. Yeah. So like, if we stay here, well, if we stay here past ten o'clock, my phone will start erupting because my video cameras will start doing motion sensing, and at ten o'clock they start letting me know that there's strange motion in here that shouldn't be here. So you can keep the Grant Humongous and his crew from getting into your compound. Exactly. <laughs> We're here for the gasoline. We'll leave you alone if you just send out the gasoline. The, uh, but it's. And it is one of those things that I'm absolutely certain from Avon Lake. If, if my thing, my phone alerts me sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning to loud noises or interesting motion. James Sherp is walking around at right. <laughs> James Sherp in here. Right. James Sherp's in here. Yeah. And, but I know from Avon Lake I can make it in here in 20 minutes. So, you know, 20 minutes, they're not even got the good shit out of the shop yet. So 20 minutes, that's when they're going to ride headlong into all the firepower I can grab on my way out the house. So. You motherfuckers! Do that whole thing where you run at them with a forty-five in each hand. Shoot like this. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold them yeah. sideways and just fucking crank out. Throwing the bullets out. Yeah, just shove the bullets out of the gun. Hook them. <laughs> hook them right in. Yep. Cause you can get a curve on them. Oh, I might bust out. I might bust out all the nine millimeters just so we can have a party. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's the game. Yeah, if I respond to somebody breaking into my building here, it is going to be fully armed and spectacular. I might take clothes off before I assault the building. Because you know what? Hey, nothing better than a dude running naked up with a couple of fucking high-capacity yeah. autos. <laughs> Screaming while your little dick's flacking yeah. in the wind. Yeah. Just <laughs> dumping brass everywhere. This won't be no ATM either. They're going down. No, no, this is going to be, yeah. This is going to be full-on, full-on. It's like, oh, yeah, come on. I'd be like, man, all we were doing was trying to get a couple of bikes, and this fucking naked bitch ran up to us, all flabby and pasty and shit, just fucking, just back me and shit, and just fucking shooting at us with guns and shit that, I don't know where he had all those guns. Did somebody broke into the Menor's store? No, they broke into a shop down the street from us. Oh. So they broke into a shop down the street from us. And it was enough to raise the hairs on your neck. They drove a, they or drove, elsewhere. yeah, they drove a van through the roll-up door. So they drove a van through the roll-up door and went after all the dirt bikes. Smash dirt bikes. I wonder who that could have been. Smash and yeah, grab. Every time I see one of those smash and grabs, yeah. like an ATM, mm-hmm. they come like dumb and dumber. Yeah. <laughs> even though, like, with that old lady in the wheelchair, even the old, old people can serve a purpose. They can you know? serve a purpose. And that's the way I look at minivans. Even though ugly and slow, minivans can serve a purpose. Oh, I, believe me. They, these guys busted in with, I think it was a full-size van. They went, went through the roll-up door, but... Just the same. You know, we're taking steps to make sure that we're not the next victim, or at least make it look complicated enough. Is that at least like a jewelry store or something like that? Uh-huh. No, they just busted in. There's a motorcycle shop. Yeah. Well, they busted into a motorcycle shop. Why wouldn't you get this, like, you a jewelry like, store? You should have, like, Zyklon B that drops down into a jewelry <laughs> store to have dirt bikes. No, we're just gonna have we're just going to have a literal, at night, we're going to have a cage of rabid badgers that we release in the property, and that's all they do. Yeah, that's the game. That's how we control the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I've, my idea is Ruger 1022s on an XYZ axis, remote control with your iPhone, you know, basically using basically using drone technology to control Ruger 1022s, and then just, you know, oh, yeah. end around rotary magazines, which is uh, spiral magazines. Oh, you don't need to even get fancy. Imagine breaking into a place and all of a sudden there are rounds firing at you in the location. I know it's called a booby trap. I know it's illegal. I don't care. I think it would be spectacular and a good, and a good sh- use of technology. You don't have to hit them. That's a theft deterrent. It is a theft deterrent. Exactly. I like chlorine gas, though. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see people spit their lungs out. Oh, just hit them with the pause gene. Yeah. The, uh, I've always wondered why we don't do more with actual active electronic suppression, like 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 making the front door electrocuted. So I have a button with a relay from my house that if I want to, I can send 120 volts okay, so instead of Ruger, into the chassis of my front door. Instead of a Ruger 1022, you have right. a taser. Well, I just think that, you know, you get them in. Microwaves. Roaches check in, but they don't what check about, out. What about like Scooby Doo? You have the net that drops down. Yeah, the net. Yeah, but I like the idea of like, look, we're stealing stuff. Press the door bar, and then can't let go of the door bar until you're a crispy critter holding onto the door bar. And then the other three motherfuckers are in here are gonna go. You gonna touch that? Because I'm not gonna touch that. As they're like trying to peel their one crispy friend off of the the door bar to get out of the building. I don't know. That could be illegal. I'm not sure, but. Fairly certain it's illegal? Yeah. Let me check with the legal department. Yeah, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Get an electric controller for cows and just hook that up. Yeah, but I mean, we've all had our experiences with those things. And yeah, the best one was when the kid was mowing the lawn and she did it with the lawnmower. And she, all I do is she's here. Ow! 
She's on the ground. She's on the oh, she hit the wires hit the with the mower and it went through her mower. hand? Mm-hmm. Yowza! That was so funny. Oh, Patrick man. I was trying to pee on the wire. I'm like, Patrick, you do not want to do that. I do not want to pee on that. It's 20,000 volts. I peed on the wire as a child on a, not a dare, no, as an instruction from my grandfather. <laughs> Who loved yeah, that wire? Tracheotomy. You got to pee on the wire. Just go ahead and piss on the fence. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. Go ahead. Go for it. This dude was 40 years ahead of Mythbusters. <laughs> Do it. You're a pussy. <laughs> you call yourself a seven-year-old. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I peed on the wire at the Fletcher's Farm fence, on the Fletcher's Farm electrical fence. Pissed on it as hard as I seven-year-old could piss. Never got a shock, not even a tingle. Didn't think there was anything to it. You and then I touched wrong. it with my hand. You were wrong. <laughs> and I got my shit fucked you up. Were yeah. 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 I I learned you can pee on them. You just can't touch them. Yeah. You touch them? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's because exactly. you can't pee a continuous stream. Right. That's the, I mean, I didn't know that as a child. I just thought that somehow pee didn't conduct electricity from electrical fence. But well, I mega ohms, so probably yeah, there's I, enough resistance to that. Yeah. Well, the Mythbusters took the video at super high speed, and they filmed it, and they were like, no matter how hard they tried to have a simulated pee stream, there were still gaps between the little, like, you know, the, 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 oh. the droplets of urine. So there were air gaps. Trying hard enough. And air, well, come on. <laughs> air is the best insulator. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I pissed so hard, I popped a blood vessel in my eye. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it, we're going to make a shock. Pissed my dick inside out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds horrible. Oh, this is the best motorcycle podcast ever. The uh, yeah, I mean, this was I mean, this podcast was supposed to be a bit of a shit show. So, um, just with Mid Ohio coming Mission up, accomplished. Well done, you. So Harley bought Ducati. Yeah. Wait, seriously? They just announced it. Yeah, they went they went vocal with it. So yeah, um, Ducati. So buying one of those. As a result of Dieselgate, as a result of the great diesel fiasco of Volkswagen Audi Group. And, you know, the whole concept is like, no, really, our diesels are clean. Sure they are. <laughs> Just, Just, look at the test Just look at the test results. But you know what? I'll yeah. tell you one thing. Yeah. If you're on a motorcycle and you're driving behind a, one of those Volkswagen diesels that sure. supposedly are so dirty. Forty times the standard emissions of yeah. the regular automobile. Drive, right. drive behind one of those right. or drive behind something with blue death. Yeah. The blue death. Oh, blue death makes my eyes. Jokes here. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. accurate. It varies. You can't even yeah. breathe behind yeah. a blue, blue death vehicle. Blue death does make your eyes hurt. Yeah. It so, does. what's better? I mean, you couldn't even smell one of those Volkswagens running. Yeah. yeah. Fucking liberals. I don't, I don't know who the fucking. Well, the, I think the problem is. I think the problem is that if I were a Volkswagen diesel owner and somebody told me, you know, have you been satisfied with the performance of your Volkswagen? Absolutely. I, I love my car. It's a great car. I've enjoyed it thoroughly since I bought it. Eh, well, it turns out we lied about the whole testing thing. Well, what's the – like, I think the testing might be part of the problem, too. But the fact that they knew and they were clever enough to say, okay, anytime we plug the testing device in, we shove the car into fake lie to the test mode – I almost want to give them a couple of points for creativity on that. Hey, one. that's what I said right out of the gate. Yeah. You know what? And, and who ratted them out? Some asshole from the fucking Volkswagen ratted them out? I have the no day. idea. I have absolutely no idea. But the, the result is we've always wondered how long 
You know what those Germans did? They're like, for this problem, we have an ultimate solution. We have the ultimate <laughs> solution. Yes. They are very good at using thermodynamics to take care of our problems. The, uh, it's all just fuel. Okay. But the, I think that, I read that Ducati has changed hands 15 times over the life of the company. And it's not a particularly old company. And, you it's know. Horrible customer service, too. I'll tell you that right now. Ducati? Yeah. I signed up for a test ride. Yeah. The guy calls me. He was the, from one of the dealerships in Akron. Sure. Yeah. Biggest dick in the world. I'm sorry. Was he trying to send you the Ducati message? Well, then. Well, I don't know what he was trying to send me, but I wanted to ride one hey, of the you can't afford this. You can't afford this bike. You can easily afford it. It's the same price as an Africa Twin. And the, the guy was the biggest dick in the world. There's, said, I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll there's do a this, certain level of awesome. exclusivity that comes with the Ducati experience. Ducati Tisti or something? Ducati Tisti, yeah. Ducati Tisti. Like Linguini. Well, I guess for me that, okay, it makes perfect sense that Harley-Davidson, because Ducati's most profitable units that they've been selling have been from India. You know, their bikes that have been manufactured in India are the bikes that are pinning their sales numbers. Those scramblers are earning that company a ton of fucking profit and keeping them alive because those scramblers are manufactured in the land of 71 cents an hour, India, not the land of $29 an hour, Italy. Plus, they also produce a V-twin, very cool V-twin, that tops 100 horsepower. Sure. So that kind of fits in with Harley, who really wants to stick with that kind of. Yeah, they want. I don't, but I don't think it's beyond. I think the Harley Davidson has put so much time and effort into Indian manufacturing, yeah. not only because they don't give a fuck about selling Street 750s and Street 500s in this country. That's not their target goal. Their goal is to sell Street 500s into India, where there are 2.9 million buyers every year. You know, you don't want to sell 3,000 of those in America. You want to sell. Three million of them in India, so their Harley Davidson's Indian manufacturing has gone through the roof. So if you've got Ducati already in India and you've got Harley Davidson already in right. India, doesn't it just make sense that they team and if you up? Consolidate the factories. Or something. The price that Ducati was asking, you know, was so high compared to what Volkswagen bought it for that it almost was a giant "I dare you to buy me" price tag. And the Harley fact bought them. Harley bought yeah, Harley bought. Now we don't know what the negotiation was. They didn't release the purchase price, but you know this is a thing that was, you know, over a billion dollars. So this is you know over a thousand million dollars when Volkswagen purchased Ducati at like four hundred million dollars. So the company, the company's value has tripled in the time that Volkswagen has owned it. Well, at least it's not like we, they're not spending that kind of money to put yeah. them out of business or just close them down. Yeah. They're, they're, they're probably going to maintain. They're not going to just make. You're going to keep the Ducati name. They're going to of run course it they are. Its own yeah, marquee. No, I don't think. I don't think folks. I don't think not really going to change much. For I don't think Harley Davidson. I think Harley Davidson would be wise to just stay the fuck out of there and let Ducati be Ducati. The problem is Ducati has an incredibly expensive heroin habit called racing, and no matter how much you race, your sales numbers are never going to offset the billions of dollars you spend racing. And that shit gets expensive. Harley Davidson learned that with MV Agusta. They bought MV Agusta and sold it back to the poor bastards they bought it from racing brings for pennies capital. on the dollars. Brings in capital, it doesn't bring in customers necessarily. Yeah. yeah I, watching it looks good to get Harley Davidson lose everything they put into MV Agusta, another Italian company, 
And ultimately, the best thing that ever happened, it was like the mouse that roared, the greatest thing to happen for MV Agusta was when Harley bought them and then years later sold them back to them for pennies on the dollar. That's Christmas. Maybe the same thing. I've always joked that there's always been some braggadocio billionaire in Italy who's willing to lose several hundred million dollars to say, hey, I own Ducati. They get the sexy umbrella girls and the big red motorcycles. I, I own Ducati. And there's always been somebody up to this point, Texas Pacific Group, um, the folks over at the AG, there's always been somebody to pay up Ducati's bills. Ducati's not dying, although Harley Davidson did successfully kill Buell. It's, I think a good analogy for that is that they, there's always, Ducati's a sexy girlfriend. There's always some guy with too much money that wants a sexy girlfriend, and he's like... But Ducati's a sexy girlfriend with a coke problem. Yeah. That's what I mean. Keep throwing money I mean, it's one thing to have a sexy girlfriend. It's another thing entirely to have a sexy girlfriend who is stealing money out of your wallet while you sleep at night. Yeah. And, like, we can all live with a sexy girlfriend, but a sexy girlfriend that's stealing money out of your wallet while you sleep at night and always waiting to throw you in the ditch is a little more, t- I mean, a little more trash. Somebody's calling the, the fucking bike shop at uh, 1017. Yeah, but Harley doesn't, hasn't been known. This is a yeah. college show, right? Right, it's a calling show. Somebody's clearly calling us at 10 o'clock because they know we're rolling. First time caller. Long time listener. listener. The, screen, <laughs> the screener will get them. Oh, the screener will get them, yeah. Right. And the funny thing is it's like a legit, like, it's got a, it's not like call from unknown number. It's call from somebody. So it's somebody, to talk to you about your cell phone bill. It's somebody right now who <laughs> thinks they're having a motorcycle emergency. The, you would uh, think that, that uh, Harley would buy something that would improve like to give them the technology that they're they're spending I agree. so much yeah. they're spending so much capital right now and just trying to air and the water cool a single valve right and they came up with the Milwaukee Eight and right. you would think that prior to doing that they would have made the acquisition in order to save all that O and N cost sure absolutely so why are they doing that I don't know if I believe that and they just shot well, V Rod in the face I know what you're saying and that makes perfect sense yeah. And they just killed V-Rod. But I don't think they care. They're not going right. to doubt. They, don't, they didn't buy Ducati. The liquid technology. Cool. You can get that technology, and you wouldn't have to buy the company. Oh, the liquid-cooled technology that they paid for sure. I don't think they're going to cross streams either. I no, think I don't either. Yeah. They may yeah. borrow yeah. some technology, but some they're going to be two distinct. Okay. Let's do this. So there'll be a Desmo Harley? No. No, how about this? How about the dystopian universe? Let's play the fucked-up world. Let's play what's the worst possible scenario that you can only buy a Ducati at a Harley dealership. Because believe me, there are way more Harley dealers in this country than there are Ducati dealers in the world. So in this country, well, in this country where 60% of every motorcycle being sold is a Harley Davidson, imagine if every Harley dealer had a Ducati dealer. But maybe they're going to play the game where... Okay, so they bought Ducati. And they'd let Ducati then, compete against Harleys in the same dealership? Right? No, that's not a competition. No, the you get both flavors of douchebag. Right. But the service interval is low on a lot of their older bikes. Yeah. So now they're getting in this. And so they realize that their new bike sales are going down. Right. Yeah. And so they're going to get the service sale. And they're going to, I mean, it's more profitable in service than it is in just new bike sales. So maybe they're planning on getting this as uh, increasing their profits by... Uh, what if it's an elaborate cross-breeding philosophy? You take all the fucking squeaky leather hog group guys, the nouveau bikers, you take all the squeaky leather hog guys, 
you have them in one building, and then you introduce the Ducatinisti, you know, which is the all like uh, Ducati rhymes with Bukaki. Right, well, those the Ducati guys. guys rub down the squeaky leather yeah. guys with olive oil. Oh yeah, I'm thinking that's the game. And on one thing, what's nice is you're containing all of your chode factor in one building. Like the two things that the two things that bother me the wow. most about motorcycling as a thing are people who will say, "I'm a Harley guy. I'm a Ducati guy. And fuck you, man. I'm a guy. I'm a guy that rides like every kind of dude. I will ride." I don't any ride any fucking, bike. Do you know what I've learned? I'm a ruckus yeah. guy. I'm, I'm a ruckus <laughs> guy. You don't ride any foreign bike? I'm not. Any that aren't from Earth? Uh, I've never been good enough in my life to be picky about the women that take me home. I've never been good enough. I've never been pretty enough. I've never been smart enough. I've never been clever enough. I've never been enough of an athlete. <laughs> saying, However, there's a contest starting at midnight tonight. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right. But I'm, I'm like, that's the game is. But... So I'm a, I'm a, whatever's on right now works for me kind of guy. So I'm not going to say, dude, I'd rather fucking push a Harley Davidson than ride a Kawasaki. Fuck you, man. I'd rather ride anything than push it. Well, yeah, and like I'm not going to, I'm not going to strap myself to some broke ass fucking shit that doesn't work just because it has a name that I've dedicated myself to, and and yell that I'm loyal to that shit. Um, when, the bike, when a bike stops working for me, I'll be damned if I'm going to support the company. And there's two people that have that virus really bad, and that branded virus is alive and well in the Harley-Davidson household, but it's just as alive and well in the, the Ducati world. But you could make an argument for BMW people, too. Absolutely. BMW, BMW people do tend to be very, very clicky about that. And that's just because they haven't ridden Moto Guzzi's yet. But that's usually yeah, really. the the best cure for a BMW rider is a Moto Guzzi. You're like, wait, 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 wait. You mean it? It doesn't have electrical problems every time it gets rainy. Like, you mean the electrons don't have to go 96 extra miles just to make the light come out of my dashboard? Nah, nah, nah. It's like an idiot's BMW. It's a BMW with perky tits. It's like a yeah, the perky jug. Honda's. It's like a Honda BMW. I mean, like a. We know that Moto Guzzi's are tractors. We're not trying to say they're complicated. Yeah, it scares me when Moto Guzzi tries to do something clever like a Bluetooth thing or something. I'm like, no, 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 no. Remember, you're Italian. You don't have a space program. Yeah, so it should be like Nobody ever bragged about their fine Italian watch, their fine Italian digital watch. Have you seen the newest Italian computer? No, you haven't. There's a reason for that. Keep the Italians away from the very high-tech little tiny pixie wrangling. They're good with wood and stone and leather. <laughs> <laughs> and getting you fucked up. Stick right. the wine and cheese. Stick the wine and cheese, exactly, right? Hey, Giuseppe. Hey, how's that new operating system going, Giuseppe? Never heard that anywhere. <laughs> Same way it's been going for a hundred years. Exactly. Well, I step on the grapes. I'm not a doctor. What do you mean operate? Operate. <laughs> Operating system. Cheese and the scum. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, there's something interesting. And I've always liked that about Moto Guzzi's. As dumb as they are, they are very, they're very rock and stick type motorcycles. Ducatis are quite the contrary. Ducatis are like, they have to be perfect. They have the to Ferrari be. of motorcycles. Yeah, and it has the same thickness of primary drive belt as the Ferrari, which is maddening to me. I'm like, you're going to trust an entire motor to a belt that's roughly a quarter of an inch. Seems like a bad idea. Aren't rubber belts designed to break? 
Frozen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, run that against the rev limiter. Jesus Christ. If I could show you what's happening inside your Ducati motor while you're pinning it against the rev limiter, you wouldn't do that. You'd back off of that shit. Maybe that's why Harley wants it. I, you know what? I think, Harley, I think Harley bought Ducati. Harley's doing this deal to show the world exactly how big their dick is. And I think maybe that for a little while with Victory and Indian, Harley's had to be like, ooh, ooh, we're not the only American thing. And so now, honestly, it could have been Royal Enfield. Royal Enfield probably has the capital that they could buy Ducati. And it's the Indian thing as well. Why don't they stick the money into their electric bike? Harley? That's what I'm saying. Uh, right? Harley owners would not accept a liquid-cooled motorcycle after they spent millions of dollars with Porsche. Is, but they have to, they have to, <laughs> instead of having this right? one Harley for all, they need to have, now they've, they've broken out of that. Now yeah. they have a dichotomy. Oh, my God. So now, they have, now they have a couple groups. Mm-hmm. They have a single uh, cut and stone, like sure. what you have to be. So right. now they have... The, almost the diametrically opposed. Well, there's the young 25-something the, hipster the sportster guys. There are the 25-year-old they all get along at the, at the HD cafe on Saturday morning. <laughs> yes, they do. They all speak hog to each other when they pull up to the urinals. All V-twins. They are all V-twins, but I've never seen such a good motorcycle get such a shit sandwich as the V-Rod. They designed it. They hired Porsche to build it. They built a beautiful motor that made tons of fucking power. It was lightweight. It looked sexy. It was fun to ride. I've never had a bad ride on a V-Rod. There's Best American-made V-Max I've ever been. It is the best American-made V-Max you can buy. But, and Harley guys would just like, you'd see a guy pull up on a V-Rod a bike that he, had, you know, obviously they came in different flavors, they came in different personalities, like all the Harleys have to. And they'd pull up on a V rod, and he'd pull up next to a guy on like, you know, 110 cubic inches of horse shit, fucking, you know, F L T R U D B, fucking whatever. And they'd look at like the guy would look, they'd be like, hey, what's up? And they'd be like, fuck you. Well, they treat liquid cool on BMW water pumper than they treat people on V rods. For sure. But yeah. which is hilarious because so. the V rods are relative. I mean, they're fun. They're cool. They're quick. And they, fortunately, they don't hold their fucking value. I mean, I would tell people don't hesitate to go out right now, now that they've officially announced the death of the V rod. Fucking buy a V rod, man. We've had a bunch of them through here. They're good motorcycles. They're good bikes. They're fun to ride. Don't expect a lot in the cornering department, but other than that, you know, they run good. Harley will hold on to Ducati for a, a little while. And that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I'm wondering. It off. Yeah, that's... I, I don't know. I, I just... Part of me, though, wants to see the fucking unholy car crash of, you know, all of your Ducati. The Harley Ducati? Yes! I want to see the that V... Tw- or the, uh, the... The Ducati The 90 V-Twin. Yeah, the 120 V-Twin. Yeah, yeah. In the, um... Yeah. No, the Harley Motor... In the Ducati, oh, trail, in the Ducati oh, trail frame. Oh, 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 they're going to be like, remember when we did that Buell thing? Uh, it could be worse than that. Yeah. We're going, to, we're going to take away a perfectly good motor and put in a lump of potatoes. I want to see the Ducati motor in an Ultra Classic or something like that. Oh, my that. God. Or, you know, yeah. Can you see it spinning up to 12,000? Yeah, I mean, an Ultra Classic. <laughs> that's that's blast. It is blast. It's 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 blast. It's
They're both very addicted to air cooling. They're both addicted to a certain level of saying that low technology. Ducati's got air cooled. Yeah. And they have the technology yeah. that might might be but I mean, it doesn't make sense though that they just came out with that, that new one. The new how they came out with the the Detroit Eight or the Detroit Eight, yeah, right, Mulwaukee. And, and then they bought Detroit it. Eight. You would think oh, Detroit, yeah. Yeah. is it? It's Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee Eight. Detroit Eight would be slightly different. Yeah, yeah. Be You've heard of D Twelve. This yeah. is D Eight. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fine. Take too much beer tonight. The Chicago Six. The Chicago Six. I don't. Yeah, I. I really do want to see the the. I want to smell the hair burning on the hogs. Like I, I really want to have that. Like, wow, that fucking, that degraded quickly. I, it is the mixing of the peanut, bus, the peanut butter and the mustard. Two things that are totally okay on their own and been okay on their own for a long, long time. And Harley Davidson is just like, we can put them together. I would taste the crazy, taste good by themselves. By themselves, they're totally fine. And when you put them together, it's a shit show. I, I'm curious to see, like, other than just, was it a dick measuring contest to be like, we're Harley, this is how big we are. We can pick up a company that's, you know, $1.5 billion. Well, they just they kicked in the ass for their sales figures because they were inflating them. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. they've been flat. Yeah. So Everybody's been flat. You well, would have to think they that would, they are doing something to, to help their bottom sure. line. Yeah. They, they would have to because they can't just go out there and pick up a company like that. Yeah. Say, hey, well, we're going to lose forty percent in five years. Right. Yeah, that's no, you can't no, have that no, business plan. Make a like Nobody. That. They're shareholders, so they're shareholders. You got to package that idea as being something that's palatable to them, so they'll think about doing it and running it off. With Nobody some, out here knows. With some future of right. making a profit, Amazon should have bought them. Yeah. Yeah. Sell Amazon. Sell Ducatis on Amazon. Yeah. Right. Just buy the shit. Point and click. And deliver a Ducati to your door. With the drone. They're all Whole Foods. They might as well buy a freaking motorcycle company. Well, yeah, it is a strange why thing. Why does Amazon buy up Whole Foods? Do they just keep it Whole Foods? Or they they wanted to be like Walmart so that uh, they could. They can, deliver, they can deliver food to your house with a drone. The, uh, I'm going to order watermelons to my friends' houses and deliver them by drone. Would like to live at 100 <laughs> yards above the house. That's exactly <laughs> it. The, uh, yeah, that's about it. I don't know. Anybody got anything else? This podcast is running out. One more thing about the Ducati. I just read a, something. I don't remember what magazine I was reading, but they they said that the small Ducatis in Italy today are what? Are those the six hundreds? The, the, the baby scramblers? No, the they were not scramblers even. They were talking like street fighters. Something. Oh, okay, like a little monster. Yeah, the, the small monster yeah. or whatever this mini monster is called. I mean, we we had monsters down to six hundred cc's. Yes. So yeah. They said those are today. What Vespas were in the 60s and 70s. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, wow. They're, they're just everywhere. omnipresent in Italy. Yeah. And you think about that, they are cheap. Yep. They're a two valve motor. They're, so they're relatively, yeah. They're, they're sexy. Nice. Oh, they're sexy. Yeah. As we said, you can't ever rely on the Ducati guys to be on, to- on time because they're too busy having weird sex with other Ducati owners. The, that's how they meet. They have a special version of Grinder. Yeah. It's called the Loud Clutch Forum. <laughs> clatter. It's called clatter. <laughs> you know, I met this guy on clatter. Yeah, we parked our Ducatis next to each other, and we went and had some weird sex, and we we missed our meeting. So that's a, we just pissed off the entire element of. They didn't come out right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me do a shout out to this uh, working class brewery. Yeah. Just yeah, working class brewery. Literally opened up. Not three blocks from here. Yeah. And uh, they're making they're making beer, and they've got a a very uh, 
I like their whole concept. Yeah, they're good guys. Instead of yeah. love, they have beer on their knuckles. They have beer on their knuckles. Yep. We should uh, invite them down for a podcast. That's what I think. That's well, true. We and they probably bring a few growlers with them. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, me on a good beer drunk is not a pretty thing. I like to stick to well, the clear liquor. Well, we got coasters, and, yeah. and, and if you look on the back of your coaster. On the back of your coaster? It says, gone to pee. So you put that on top of your beer. There you go. So they don't drop too many roofies in it. Yeah. Too many. Right. One or two is okay. Yeah, you know, because when you're touching Proceed yourself later, it's nice to have a run-up. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it. Please remember to go to Mid-Ohio, drive fast, and take chances. Sing us out, Johnny. I'm actually going to have to try to find the button to press the button. There's the button. Stop the damn thing. It's still going. It's still going. Oh, it's locked. There we go. Stop, damn it. Stop the machine. Stop the machine. God, it's still going, guys. I can't stop it.